Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And we've got another great one for you today, as I always say. And today it's kind of um, – we've actually interviewed her – it was either in 2014 or 2015, which is so yeah. this is a pretty yeah. cool interview that, that we get to bring her back on from one of our past interviews. So we're excited about that, and you're going to love her. And her new song, Dangerous, look out, because she is dangerous, and you'll see why. But anyway, Jess, are you here? I am. Thank you so much for having me on. So how you been? How, you know, and we're glad to have you on. We're glad to have you back. Um, how are you hanging in there with the COVID stuff? Because I always like to start with the COVID because it's affected everybody. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been rough um, just because my two main jobs are music, and then I also – I live in Nashville, Tennessee, so I bartend on Broadway. And mm. – both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been furloughed from both. So I have been wow. jobless for, I think it's been 96 days now. Or even counting wow. the days now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I remember the day. I, it's so funny. I remember the day that they told us that Broadway was going to be mm-hmm. shutting down. I was, um, it was during SEC week, which is the giant basketball tournament that we have at Bridgestone Stadium. And mm-hmm. I, we were set to be really, really busy because we're a Kentucky Cats bar. I work at the Valentine's and we're a Kentucky Cats bar. So we were set to be so busy and we get in there. And I remember me and the other bartender were looking at each other. We're like, where is everybody? And we look on the TV oh, wow. and it said SEC tournament canceled. And I was like, no, wow. this is so bad. That same day my manager came in and was like, yeah, uh, I just heard they're shutting down Broadway for two weeks. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no way they're going to shut down Broadway for two weeks. That's like <laughs> Nashville's biggest source of income. Here we are 96 days later. <laughs> yeah, who? I mean, nobody could. I, I remember uh, when we launched this show before we show, I said, you know, tw- you know, you, we had all these resolutions. 2020 is our year. It's our yes. year. This is, you know, with the show launching and all that. And then we get to the COVID shutdown. And I told Sandy, I was like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to make the best of this. This is our time to shine. Because think about it. All these artists that we're interviewing are home. Right. So setting, so they got nothing else to do right now. Yeah, and they I told can't Sandy, play shows right now. Uh, I was like, we need to step it up during this time period because we may never get a chance to interview some of these people right. once all this is over. And we mm-hmm. have. We have stepped it up. And like I said, you're our 122nd interview since January 3rd. And last three months has really been a whirlwind. And we're glad it to has. have you back. Yes. Absolutely. And it's it's funny because I actually, coincidentally enough, we um, my bar is finally opening back up tonight. I actually get to work tonight. So I'm really <laughs> oh, well. excited to go back in and, um, and, you know, just go back to what I was doing. And live music is starting to come back to um, – Nashville is finally starting to open up a little bit because um, our mm-hmm. cases have um, they've mm-hmm. dropped um, since you know all of this started. But yeah. it's been it's been mm-hmm. weird not playing out. But there's live streams like I've still been able to do FaceTime rights with people. I've been writing this whole quarantine, and um, mm-hmm. I mean it, it it's been very weird because I don't I don't think you know anybody has really lived through this before. Yeah. Um, and it kind of taught us to all take a step back and slow down and realize that like not every day is promised to us. You know, we have to, we have to take the mm-hmm. time that we're given and use it for like to, to our benefit. And, and, you know, you're talking about that, you know, Sandy and I always 
have talked about this since all this happened. Cause, you know, we've been a, and even back then when we interviewed you, we talked about this, but we've been a 24-7 couple since the day we married. I mean, right. and we've, we've been put down for that on the said we're too unhealthy and mm-hmm. all that, and that we depend on each other too much. And here it is 17 years later, and, you know, everybody's trying to get us to change. And what's been ironic about this whole thing is all the people that tried to change us now have to do what we do. So instead of right. us changing to the world, they've had to come to our world. Right. <laughs> yeah. So to speak. Good. That's, uh, it sounds like you guys have everything worked out to your benefit, and now, now other people are finally getting to see, like, why it's worked. Yeah, and Absolutely, again, you know, yeah. the, the sad part is you're seeing divorce rate rise because people are. Oh, we hate again, to hear that. You know, yeah. you, you work six people work sixty hours a week, and then their spouses work mm-hmm. sixty hours a week, and by the time they get home, they're tired. They just don't spend time together. So now they're spending all this time together, and they're starting to fight. And I think the problem with that is they're they're thinking, oh, it's over, and they don't realize they need to re get to know each other. Because they have, they don't really know each other, and if they don't give them that chance to get to re get to know each other, they're going to divorce. Oh yeah, and it's it's really sad um, that you know you get married to someone, and then all of a sudden now that you have to spend all your time with them, you're like, oh, I don't want this anymore. That's not how that's not how it's supposed to work. But you know, <laughs> I you couldn't just, live like that. <laughs> you you know, never know. Always tell us. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, people always tell us, how do y'all? Spend so much time together, and I'm like, how do you not? Right. <laughs> you know, it's just. <laughs> but you know, as we get started here, um, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview, you know, about you, so that people can get it. Because the goal of the show is not just music, but to get to know the person. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, again, my name is Jess Taylor. I'm originally from uh, South Florida. It's a little, well, not little town, but a lot of people don't know where it is. It's called Pompano Beach. It's uh, maybe like 15, 20 minutes north of Fort Lauderdale. Um, I grew up there my whole life. Um, I was raised on country music. I have a really big family, and they're all um, really big country music fans. So ever since I was little, I was just, I grew up on, you know, Johnny Cash, and Loretta Lynn is one of my all-time favorites, Dolly Parton. so I grew up listening to a lot of country music, and then especially I was born in 96, 1996, um, so I grew up in the 2000s country with Faith Hill and Tim McGraw yeah. and Tonight, <laughs> Martina Drive, so all that. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was raised in country music. My dad is also a musician. Um, he plays the oh, wow. horn trumpet, um, and he is also a singer-songwriter. So I've, just, I've been around music my entire life. Um, and actually the first time I ever performed on stage was with my dad when I was four years old at church. Um, oh, wow. we sang Christmas, yeah, we sang Christmas shoes and it was the first time I ever played out. And then from then on, like my parents just knew that I was born to be on stage. And, um, <laughs> I remember they, we had this old tape recorder where it actually had mm-hmm. the little eight track or it's the, the little eight track, right? The little, um, mm-hmm. thing that you, yeah, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm I'm still Mm -hmm. still young enough to not know everything, but um, I remember we would record it, and I I wish that I knew where that little thing was, because it's the cutest little thing hearing six-year-old me, like, belting out these songs, like these Shania Twain songs, and um, 
<laughs> yeah. So I just like I grew up singing and being around music. Um, and then when I was 16 years old, I got signed to an independent label based out of Wisconsin. And they flew us to Nashville, and um, I did a lot of interviews with different people up here. Um, and finally, like just going back and forth to Nashville, my parents and I decided to make the move up here in 2016. <clears throat> And um, it was the best decision uh, we could have made. I love Nashville. Um, I miss my family, absolutely, but I do get down to see them as much as I can. I'm actually going yeah. down. My grandma's 89th birthday is in July, <laughs> so I am going down to see her um, in July. And, yeah, but um, Nashville has just been so amazing. And, again, I said I grew up on country music, but when I moved to Nashville – um, I kind of, I thought it was, you know, Country Music City USA. I thought that that was all that I was going to hear. <laughs> and yeah. then it turned out and it's Music like, City. Exactly. It's, there's so <laughs> much diverse music here that it literally mm. turned my world upside down. I was like, what? You mean that not everybody <laughs> here sings country music? So I, um, I got to writing with a bunch of different people. I love co-writing. And um, actually one of my really good friends hated country music and he was always like <laughs> I hate country music I don't want to listen to it whenever you're with me we're not going to listen to country music and I was like all right whatever <laughs> so I started listening mm-hmm. to whatever he was listening to and then I was like you know what I actually really love this I I love this feel <laughs> and so I started branching out a little bit writing differently um writing more singer songwriter mm-hmm. more more folk um and then about a year ago I got introduced to a band called Larkin Poe Mm-hmm. And they completely changed everything about my music. I like I fell in love with their style, so I started listening to more. They're they're very blues rock, um, so I started listening to more of that genre, and automatically it influenced my music. And it's like a wow. light bulb flash. Like I was like, this <laughs> is what I'm meant to do. So I went. I I started going more into the blues blues rock genre. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Yeah. Cool. So that's that's my story. <laughs> and you're sticking to it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, so what's some of the things your parents have done to help guide you in this crazy world? Because as you said, you said at the beginning, they just knew. Yeah. Is there anything so, that, that they looked at that were like, wow, you know, they just knew? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, again, when I played on stage for the first time at four years old, my mom mm-hmm. was like, she was taking video and she was like, just could not take her eyes off of how well I was. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, I was up there. I was strutting my stuff, even though it was a little wow. Christmas song. I was up there uh-huh. owning the stage. He was like, <laughs> like, yeah, this is it. She's going to be a songwriter or a singer or a singer. Actually, before it was just, you know, a singer at, at four years old. And then mm-hmm. I started writing short stories um, when I was about, seven I want to say um mm-hmm. and he as like when she started reading them she was like oh my gosh like these are really good and she's <laughs> like you know what you're and like why don't you why don't you try and write some songs so that's <laughs> that's kind of like what got me into songwriting as well my mom was very encouraged like my both of my parents are very um, and it's supportive. good that they did that because nowadays you can't be a artist without writing songs <laughs> oh absolutely. yeah it's so funny because I, um, when I first moved up here, 
I mean, I, I mm-hmm. was definitely a songwriter. Like, when I signed to my label, all the songs that I put out, um, I was 16 years old when I wrote them. And, but mm-hmm. it was funny because before I moved to Nashville, I always wrote by myself. I never wanted to write yeah. with anybody else. I was always like, you know what, no, like, these are my songs. These are my babies. I don't want anybody else to have a part of them. <laughs> Um, and then I moved to Nashville and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I had, I had so many half written songs that I couldn't like get past. So I would just throw them out. I'd just be like, all right, well, I'm not going to finish the song, but co-writing, mm-hmm. you, you get some of the game changer. Absolutely. And they finished the song for you. And it's like, wow, why, why have I not done this before? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how when you put two heads or more together, you can come up with something great. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. And it's funny because my dad, my dad and I actually have never written a song together, which is funny because we're both songwriters. Um, mm-hmm. And he keeps asking me and I feel bad because I do, I do want to write with him. It's just, we, um, it's, it's so weird writing with, I don't know if like, I don't know how father daughter duos do it. Like, it's not, it's not that I don't want to write with my dad. Dad, he's a yeah. great songwriter. It's just like, yeah. I don't know. What do you, what do you write with your dad? <laughs> like what, what kind of song are you supposed to write with your dad? so you know so you've been doing this for a while now um what drives you what's that inner thing um just knowing that I can't live my life without music um this is essentially I mean I'm I'm in college right now I I go to Arizona State online um and I'm Mm -hmm. getting my degree in um forensic psychology but Mm -hmm. that's it's definitely not my passion. Um, I, yep. I keep like, because the music industry is really hard, especially in Nashville living here. It's, it's a hard industry to be a part of, especially right now. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's discouraging sometimes. So like you get in your own head and you're like, all right, well, I guess I need to have a backup plan. But like every time that I go to have a backup plan, I, I can't, like, I just, I can't, I can't do it. I, I, I I'm it. like, if I don't have music, if I can't do music, like, my life has no purpose without music. It's just, it's true. It really is. And it sounds, mm-hmm. it sounds bad. Like it sounds, um, it actually it sounds don't like sound bad. bad. Well, yeah, it's just, it's, um, it's but, sometimes, I'm sorry. But when you, when a lot of the big artists get interviewed, I'm sure you've watched a lot of the interviews of the bigger artists. Oh, yeah. Now, now this, there's always exceptions to this rule, but they're, but, but they're always asked the exact same question. What would you be doing if music never worked? And ninety percent of the of the answers has, has always went to the degree of, I'd just be a broke musician because I had no backup plan. This was it. Right. <laughs> and and I and you know and usually I talk about the highs in 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 music in music and and the lows in music. But I think since we kind of already going there a little bit, we'll flip it this time and go to the low side first and. And this is where I kind of want this to go. I'll tell a little story that lead us into where I want this part to go. Um, back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls when her and her daughter were actually full-time with music. And one of the questions I asked her back then was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, the sacrifices we have to make we have to eat different than most people. We have to we have to sleep different. We 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 can't have a bad day. If if we have a bad day and we got a gig that night, we got to throw it out and do our gig like we have the best day of our life. 
because the family right. has to, there's so many sacrifices that people don't know because we miss birthdays. We miss special occasions. We don't get to participate in what the average person participates in. She says, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because that's the only way those type of sacrifices will ever be worth it. Right. What do you think what she says? And let's go there a little bit about that side of it. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I I love that because it's true. Like this, the music industry is not for everyone. It's not like yep. it's not something that you can just be like, oh hey, like you know what, I want to be a musician, and then go out there and get famous. <laughs> like I mean, I guess you yeah. can. I guess some people have done that, but you gotta have a lot of money and you gotta know <laughs> yeah. a lot of people. Um, but I don't have the luxury of that. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, I, I actually, I, I'm really glad that you said that because that is such a true statement. And I get people all the time, like, who don't understand this industry, and they're like, so, like, what are you doing this weekend? Like, we should hang out. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't. I have a gig. And they're like, well, can you reschedule? And I'm like, no, nope, that's not going to happen. Like, this is, this is what I do. This is my living. Like, yes, I mean, I have, I have my side job as bartending and everything, but I mean, this is my, this is my job. I, I won't put anything yeah. above music. And mm-hmm. you, yeah. she's right. You miss birthdays sometimes. You have to miss. I've missed, um, like family reunions. I've missed holidays. I've missed like, mm-hmm. I've missed so many things. But I would never, I would never go back and change it because, yeah. I mean, when you get up on stage and you see people interacting with your music and your songs, and especially when they like, they love your originals. It's like mm-hmm. it's like no other feeling on this planet. Like it, it really is the most rewarding thing as a musician. And I always like to go here because I, you know a lot of people they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton or a Miranda, but they don't see the grind that it takes to get there. And and that's why I like to bring up that because I know that um a lot of a lot of times people when they're interviewed they don't go on that side of it. So I wanted to be always different and bring up that side because. Because that, that, to me, I think this side is the most important because before someone steps into this arena, they need to know the full scale. Yes, you can have that glory, but you're going to grind way more than you ever get that glory. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's a hard – it really is a hard industry. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. It really isn't. And there's a lot of talented people who, you know, can sing and who can you know, be like – who can dance, who are, are um, musically inclined and everything, but they, mm-hmm. they do hobby because they realize, like, or they've tried to do it before and it just, it doesn't work out. And some, I mean, yeah. it's funny. Uh, I don't remember exactly what was said, but somebody was like, mm-hmm. yeah, the definition of, is, is of insanity is, you know, um, doing something <laughs> and doing expecting over- to, yeah, and expecting yep. different results. Mm-hmm. are insane. We really are. Like, we, we play the games, we do everything, and we expect that one time, every time. And that's why you have to play your shows to the best of your ability, because that's how it works sometimes. There is that one time when the right person is in the audience, or that one time when your mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. just explodes. And it's, it's yep. so funny, because um, we, we really are insane. Musicians are insane. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're doing exactly what y'all do. I mean, just on a different platform, just even with the show, hosting this show. You know, we we have to do show after show after show after show, and your audience is growing, but we haven't had that big breakthrough yet, and that moment is coming. And we and so so each show, no matter who's on there, we've got to treat it like they are the breakthrough. 
because you know what they oh, like us y'all as the artists y'all as the artists deserve that because I don't I don't care who you are if you come on our show you should be treated the same whether you're a small artist or a big artist. I really appreciate yeah. that, and that's like that's that is often here as like an up and coming independent artist because some people don't take us seriously because we don't have the clout or like the experience mm. or as as much as other people do. Um, and it's it's amazing to like see how supportive people are of that, and it's funny because nowadays. Pretty much everybody is an independent artist. I mean, yeah. everybody kind of mm-hmm. small and makes their way up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most definitely. So as we go a little bit the other way about talking with some of the highs, let's talk about a little bit of hobbies you do outside of music. Yeah, absolutely. So I am really, really big into outdoors. Like I love nature. I love being outdoors, um, kayaking, um, I'm really into fitness. I'm a runner. Mm-hmm. I try to run a mile every day if I can, but sometimes that doesn't happen um, just because I get <laughs> lazy or or um, or just other circumstances. But um, yeah, so anything I love camping and um, biking, just anything that has to do with being outdoors and being active and um, and the water. Of course, I'm, I'm from you know the <laughs> beach. Um, and now Tennessee doesn't have beaches, but we have lakes, mm-hmm. and there's no alligators in our lakes up here. So that's really <laughs> nice. I go boating and swimming without fear of being eaten alive by an alligator. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so I just I love, love being outdoors. That's, like, one of, one of my favorite things um, to do is be outdoors. So what would you say is something quirky about you? Oh, something quirky. Um, I'm, I'm honestly like, I wish that I was weirder and more outgoing, but I'm really like, I'm, I'm pretty normal. And it kind of, it kind of like sucks to say that because I wish Mm -hmm. that like, I could be more like funny and, um, well, okay. One thing, and I, I hate talking about this because I feel like so embarrassed about it, but Mm -hmm. I'm really good at accents. Um, so, like, when I was younger, I would do these comedy bits for my family, and I would do these accents uh-huh. and these act- personalities that went with them. So, like, uh-huh. I would um, kind of like um, – it's, it's Jeff Dunham with the, the um, puppet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Is that, mm-hmm. is that yeah. Of? So, it's kind of like yeah. that, but, like, I had these, these accents that had personalities, and I would do these comedy bits with them. <laughs> Um, my mom always, she's like, oh, my gosh, do Helga. And that's, like, my Russian. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, nope, nope, Helga she She's long gone. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that, some highlights now? Okay, yeah, absolutely. So um, I think the biggest – crowd that I've ever played in front of was 25,000 people. It was at American Airlines. Oh, Arena. Wow. Uh, it was 2014. I want to say it was 2014, but it might have been 2015. Um, mm-hmm. But it was for this um, seminar that they were putting on, and they had me and two mm-hmm. other artists come and sing some songs in front of 25,000 people at American Airlines. Oh, wow. And that was like, that was incredible because it's like, the adrenaline, honestly, like on stage, I don't remember <laughs> very much because the adrenaline, mm-hmm. adrenaline rush, like you looking out at everybody and they're all like 
up and clapping and dancing and like it's insane to see all that like in the moment I don't I honestly Mm -hmm. didn't remember anything until I got off stage and I was like wait what just happened like I I was just on stage in front of 25,000 people like how did that just happen (laughs) so that was that was really really cool um and then I got to open up for John Anderson a lot of this was back in Florida um and Mm -hmm. it's just it's weird because the country music scene in Florida is very different than what it is up here. Like when I lived in Florida, I had my band. I was playing shows every single weekend. Um, I was, you know, I, I had, I was started kind of building a little bit of a fan base um, down in my, mm-hmm. my hometown. And then up here, yeah. you get up here, everybody's talented and everybody plays. And <laughs> there's so many like places mm-hmm. to go to see live music. So I've been, I've been doing that um but it's just, it's a lot different um, up here. But I think the coolest thing up here, um, mm-hmm. gosh, I'm now, now I'm blanking. Um, I mean, just <laughs> honestly, changing, changing my genre was, mm-hmm. was so epic to me up here. Like, finally realizing who I wanted to be as an artist. Um, yeah. Because a lot of people, honestly, yeah. like, a lot of, and I'm, I'm not, like, I don't want to offend anybody or call anybody out. Um, but a lot of people go on stage and they sing the songs and you can tell they're just not genuine. That's just not where they're supposed yeah. to be. Um, and yeah. I, I feel like there was a time where I just, I wanted to be a country artist so bad that I was singing mm-hmm. the songs and I was, you know, I was doing, I, I wasn't being, you were just going through the um, motions. Exactly. And, I, and again, I love country music. So I, if I am, at home, I'll be sitting on the tailgate, drinking beer, listening to country music, 100%. Love country music. Um, but for me personally, I think, that, I think that the genre that really fits my personality and the genre that really um, speaks to me would be mm-hmm. the, the blue rock genre that I'm in right now. And it's funny, yeah. I, when I first working up here, or when I first moved up here, I, started, I was working with, um, with an artist manager, and she was always like, yeah, like, country's great, but, you know, I think you should do this. And I, and I was always like, no, 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 country is my genre. That's what I'm doing. And I had a conversation with her um, a couple months ago when I, like, first got my single fully back, and I showed it mm-hmm. to her. And I'll never forget, like, because she, she's always been, like, I've always really valued her opinion um, because she's yeah. just an amazing person. And she sent back, she goes, that's it. That's you. That's your genre. That's what you're supposed to sound like. She's like, this is genuine. Oh, wow. And I remember, like, my heart, like, beating really fast. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, like, this is it. I'm, I'm so excited right now. That is really cool. And, and you know, that, that made me think of something that, you know, back before we started the show, um, one, I reached out to one of my Nashville friends about advice on the show. And this is great advice whether you're an artist, a host, or what. And really great advice in general. But I because it kind of goes along with what you just said about being genuine. And he said, the best advice I can give you is be and stay authentic with your show. He says, because you could tell every Bobby Bones joke, you could tell every Ty Bentley joke, and you might pull it off. But the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day does come, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. So if you just stay authentic from the beginning, your show may grow slower but you have the right audience that you're building. Right. <clears throat> so it's all about being genuine. 
and that that made me right. think of that what you just said, you know, about you got you've got to be who you you know you can like all different things, but when you're performing, it whether you're whether you're a host like us because this is still a performance, or an artist like you, when you're performing, you've got to be authentic because you want to connect with the audience. Well, yeah, and it's it's so funny because. Like one example of that, I have a friend who um, who's doing pretty well in, in the country music um, genre right now. But like when we're hanging out, he'll listen to country, but like he'll mm-hmm. also listen to like uh, like rock, like punk rock, mm-hmm. or he'll listen to rap. Or like it's what what you listen to doesn't necessarily define like what genre you need to be in. Um, it's just yeah. you know everybody likes different mm-hmm. things, and at the end of the day, it's about when you're on stage what speaks to you while you're singing like yeah. what songs what genre what yeah. style speaks to you and then and then you'll build an audience from that um but it, but yeah. again an audience can tell if you're not genuine they really really can it's it's not hard to yeah. see when when mm-hmm. someone is just not feeling the music or not feeling the songs that they're mm-hmm. writing it's, it's easy to see yeah and perfect time here to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to play your song dangerous and come back and talk about that how's that sound Yes, awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. leather jacket in the summer I'm a whiskey on a Monday just because I wanna get my head strong from my mama and my daddy taught me how to face the thunder Gonna be giving up easy And I'm never gonna change to please nobody I'm on a fast track, I'm on a wild streak And I'm gonna make the whole damn world see I'm dangerous, who you won't see 
from my mama And my daddy told me how to face the thunder Got my cold heart from my exes And my will to run from the fences I'm dangerous Who you won't see me coming, baby Yeah, it's awesome much. song. And you can Thank tell it you. does fit you. It, it just you can tell it just flows. Oh yeah. my gosh, I I get that so much. Thank you so much. So tell us the story behind that song and how did it all come together? Well, it's funny because again, um after listening to Lark and Poe, like I started really writing that um blues rock feel. Mm-hmm. And so one of my best friends, or no, my, my best friend um, is also a singer-songwriter. And so her name is Meg Riley, and she's actually the one who wrote that single with me. And she, uh, she and I got together, and we wrote this song, I want to say it was in January. Um, mm-hmm. it yeah, I think it was around January that we wrote the song. And we got together in our writer's room, and... We were like, I was like, you know what? I want to, I really want to release some new music, but I don't have anything yet that I'm just like so proud of. And she's like, all right, well, let's mm-hmm. try and write something. And so I went through my list of ideas in, in the yeah. song and she's like, so do you, or, so do you want, you know, a fierce song? Do you want a slow song? Like, what do you want? And I was like, you know what? I want a fierce song. So as I'm scrolling through my song <laughs> ideas, I came mm-hmm. up uh, with the word dangerous. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I think I think that'd be a really cool song title. So we just literally just started line after line. We wrote this song in probably about 35, 40 minutes, line after line. Oh, wow. It was just <laughs> And usually, like, that's how, that's how I know a song is really good <laughs> to me, uh, is that you, it's mm-hmm. just flowing. Yeah. So, yeah, we wrote, we wrote that, um, honestly. But we wrote it also because um, I, I had, like, all the songs that I had out, were about love or heartbreak or relationships or something. And I was like, you know what? I want to write something different. I want to write something about, you know, being a force to be reckoned with and not letting anybody mm-hmm. stand in your way and, mm-hmm. you know, just being, yeah. being your own person and being like, you know, just having that fierceness in your heart and, and, you know, not letting anything or anyone get in the way of what you want. Yeah. And, and, you know, the line about that your cold heart came from your exes, I was like, that was one of the most smartest lines. <laughs> oh, we <laughs> love that. <laughs> so, it's so funny because, if, like, I have a great relationship with all of my exes. Like, none of our relationships ended badly. And it's I, that, that line came more from, from Meg, my co-writer. Um, but every time, every time I sing that line or something, like, I just like, I think back because like, uh, I have, I have two, um, serious exes and, um, Mm -hmm. my, they're, they're such great guys. And I felt so bad putting that line in there. 
And but after a while, I was like, you know what, this is such a good line. Like, I, we have to keep this. But no, like both both of my exes are really great guys, and we have great and I have great relationships with them. But it's just yeah, that that line was a killer line. It is. Yeah, because that line just sealed the song. I think it yeah, does. Absolutely. Because it's so true, you know, in life, um, when you, and it's whether it's men or women, when you look at relationships and you, and you watch people who have walls up, in right. most cases, those walls come because of exes. Right, absolutely. <clears throat> so that, I was like, I was like, no, she didn't. When I <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, and it would I feel like maybe I shouldn't say that that's not true because then it like people are like, oh well, now the line doesn't have as much like pumps as it did before. So maybe maybe I should just say that uh, yeah, my cold heart is from my exes, guys. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so so when a lot of people see artists, <clears throat> they see the artists and they don't really see the team behind them because you know, I don't care what artist you are, even independent still have somewhat of a team. Because it takes a team to do what you do. Um, oh, so absolutely. tell us a little bit about your team that helps you be who you are. Because I always like to give props to the people behind the artists, not just the artists. Yes, and I'm so glad that you say that because, again, I've, just, I've worked with some amazing, amazing people throughout my career. Um, mm-hmm. The independent label that I was with, it was Midwest Star Records, and it was run by Darnell Ellis. Um, and he honestly catapulted me so far um we ended up parting ways two years after our contract but he really just um was so amazing and he was so encouraging and got me so many gigs and opportunities um and so that was my independent label when I moved up here and the woman that I was talking about um that I her opinion was so important to me uh her name is Rogan Ryan and she's actually funny enough she's the one who introduced me to Larkin Poe um, yeah. And oh, she she was. She, it's funny because I think she secretly like kind of showed them to me to give me that little push to be like, hey, mm-hmm. I think you should listen to this. This is what I feel like you would sound really good in. Um, so <laughs> she is amazing. And right now, um, I mean, obviously my parents have been so supportive, and my mom has always been at every show. She was always, mm-hmm. you know, promoting my to different yeah. people trying to get me shows. My dad was the same way. And <laughs> they, they are definitely a big part. And right now um, I'm working with someone named Precious Harris, and she is a godsend. Like, she really has so many connections here, and she's inter- introduced me to so many amazing people, and she cares. Like, mm-hmm. I've, I, she's my music mom. Like, she, that's what she calls her. So oh, she, wow. calls, she calls herself mm-hmm. our music mama because she works with a few, um, <laughs> a few different artists in Nashville, and she really is. She cares so much about us, and she calls us <clears throat> at least once a week to see how we're doing, and not even just with music. Like, she checks up on us, mm-hmm. and she, she is amazing. And, um, yeah. yeah, so that, that, is my, that has been my team throughout my career, um, and everybody has – I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't do any of this without any of them. Yeah, and that's what I like people to see, that it's not just the artists. There's a, always a team that, that this is not just the – career but it's a business and a lot of people don't get that and I, I always like to bring out about how hard it is and that you basically have all these jobs that you got to do and I, I want people to really get dig deep to hear you know what this is serious business yeah absolutely it is it's, it really is a business and it's funny because 
sometimes people think, oh, like, all you got to do is get up there and sing. Like, I could do that. No, like, not just as a career. You got to know finances, too, especially, like, when you mm-hmm. release music. If you've co-written mm-hmm. with people, there's there's a lot to it. There is actually a book that I read, and it's um, it's just about the the business aspect of the music mm-hmm. industry, and it's it's crazy. It really like you really do have to know numbers, and you have to know how to run a business because at the end of the at the end of the year, when you have to file your taxes, if you make any money off of music, you know you have to claim that, and you have to file your taxes. You yep. have to have an LLC. And there's just there's a lot of business talk when it comes to, to music as well. <laughs> exactly. And I see that, you know, with you said your parents really behind you. You've, they've always been supportive. Well, yeah. we've kind of got a third member on our team, We our eight-year-old. We always allow him to ask one yeah. question with each artist. So, so he's going to come on and ask one question. And, and when our 15-month-old daughter gets old enough, we'll be plugging her in the show, too, because we are a family affair. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> And we want to stay that way, you know. <clears throat> Absolutely. So he's. All right, here's Christopher. Hi, Jess. What's your huh? favorite food? My favorite food? That is a really good question. Um, I love sweets. So anything chocolate, <laughs> sugar, probably, yeah, probably, probably sweets, which is funny because I'm actually hypoglycemic. So I'm not supposed to eat a lot of sugar. <laughs> oh, well. Um, but no, I love pie, cake, cookies. Um, Oreos are my favorite cookie. If anybody ever needs to know that for any reason, Oreos is like <laughs> my. I love Oreos. And what is your Lucas? favorite food? Pizza. Yep. Pizza. I love pizza too. What kind of pizza? Do you get pineapple on your pizza? A pepperoni. Pepperoni. I like it. Bye. <laughs> He comes and goes, but he would get. He he's been on ninety percent of the shows, and we've done one hundred twenty-two now. Mm-hmm. He's been on ninety percent, and that there have been a few times where an artist would have to leave early, so he gets upset. He's like I didn't get to ask a question. Oh no! <laughs> yes, <laughs> he loves to be part of it so much. That's awesome. That's amazing. So if you could co-write any. Well, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh, my gosh. That's the most difficult question I've ever been asked. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, Loretta Lynn, again, because she is just That'd be one awesome. of my all-time favorite people. Um, I actually – it's funny because during quarantine, there was, like, this little, um, this little quiz that you took, and it was, like – or there were, like, different houses that you could be in. And uh, each uh-huh. house had, like, certain, um, certain songwriters. And I'm trying to see if I can find a picture because there was, like, um, there were so many amazing writers in there. Again, honestly, like, I keep going back to Larkin Poe, but I mm-hmm. their music is just so amazing. I would love to write with them. Um, they're, they're honestly – That would be cool, too. I've been, trying to, I've been trying to go into more of a – deeper writing so not just like surface stuff like relationships and mm-hmm. their stuff yeah I, sometimes i don't even know what they're talking about in a good way like it's not it's not like something where you're listening <laughs> and you're like oh okay like this is about a boy and a girl like some of the stuff you have to listen to the whole song and then at the end of the song you're like oh my gosh how did they just write that <laughs> that is the most cool thing mm-hmm. so honestly so I probably, of- yeah, probably, probably larkin poe um 
older artists, I would do definitely say like Loretta Lynn, and honestly, um, Thomas Rhett is an amazing writer, and so is Casey Musgraves. Mm. And you know, speaking of songwriting. What's a current song out? Now, when I say current, it could be within the last couple of years, so keep that in mind. What's a current song that you've heard and you were like, wow, I wish I wrote that? Oh, okay. Um, you know, probably um, – oh, my gosh. I'm put on the spot. Um, um, <laughs> um, um. You know what? Fire away. Fire Away by Chris Stapleton. Oh, wow. That's good. That one. song it literally gives me chills every, sing, every single time I listen to it. Um, and especially, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen the music video for it, but it's heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. the just entire, the, the whole song, that song is just, I, I don't think I could ever get tired of listening to that song. And um, one of my favorite things to do is when we're having, like, jam sessions with whoever it is, um, mm-hmm. like I always love singing that song and we do the three part harmony on it and it's just like mm-hmm. the whole thing goes silent because that it's just such a beautiful <laughs> amazing yeah wow yeah. Um, so I'm about to ask a question and I have a purpose for the way I ask it and I'll explain okay. that after I ask it but if you had a magic wand and what you were about to say would 100% come true where do you want to be Five years from now, and the reason I'm asking it in this way, and, and I'm sure you remember, I did ask you that question back when we the very first interview. But the, re- the reason I ask it in this way now is because February made the five-year anniversary that we asked that same question to Kelsey Ballerini, and her answer that she gave us is what she's living right. I mean, almost to the T. I mean, because I went back and re-looked at exactly how she answered it, and she's living what she told us five years ago. So based on that, based on it, if it would for sure come true, where do you want to be in five years? Okay. That's, um, that's actually kind of an easy question for me because this is something that I've dreamed about since I was little. Um, and I think mm-hmm. it's probably always going to be the same until I get to live it. Um, I want to be on tour. <laughs> I, want to be, mm. I want to be selling out stadiums and, and arenas. And honestly, it doesn't mm. even have to be on that big of a scale. I just want to be yeah. able to, to – to go out and play for as many people that will listen, um, be on tour throughout the whole country, throughout the whole, you know, world, honestly. Um, I have been to the UK and honestly, mm. like they love American music there. Like I would run into different mm-hmm. people and, and I'm not shy about what I do. Like I, if somebody asks me what I do, the first thing I say is I'm a musician. Um, and yeah. everybody just eats that up. They're like, Oh my gosh, like, what are you seeing? What you? So when I was in London, <laughs> Um, I mean, I would just meet different people, and I, I love mm-hmm. to connect with people. And so I would tell mm-hmm. them, I'm like, yeah, I'm a musician. They're like, oh, my gosh, where can I find your music? And just touring. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, touring is, like, is my ultimate goal. If I could be – if I could make a living, a decent living off of my music and be able to tour and be able to, like, touch people all over the world with my music, that, that's what I want to be doing in five years. I want to be yeah. – touring i want to be i want to have i want to be even if i'm not even headlining headlining a tour in five years yeah i want to be on tour Mm -hmm. in five years yeah and you know you talk about what they say in the uk ain't it ironic how different america is because if if you meet someone on the street here in the u.s and you say you're a musician in most cases their next question is no what do you do for a career right 
Right. <laughs> and so, you know, it's amazing how musicians are just so put down in the U.S. compared to other countries. I, I got that a lot in Florida, too. Um, when, mm-hmm. when I was in high school, people would like, you know how the teachers are always like, yeah, what do you want to do, you know, after you graduate from high school? What, do you, what are mm-hmm. your plans? And I'm like, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to move to Nashville. <laughs> I'm going to be a musician. And they're like, okay, well, what are you going to go to school for? And I was like, you know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go to school. I think, I think I'm going to be a musician. And I did go to um, right out of college or right out of um, high school. I went to college at Florida Atlantic university for a semester and immediately decided that that was not going to happen. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I, I don't want to be uh, in college, like in taking classes in college. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want that college experience. I don't need that. Um, I need music. Yeah. So when yeah. I did decide to go back to school online, the online mm-hmm. classes like still allow me to be able to do everything that I want for my music. And it's nice. I mean, it is nice to have a degree. Um, you know, it's just, it's yeah. something that you can have and say, yeah, I have a degree in, you know, this and forensic psychology has always been really interesting to me, um, which is like mm-hmm. detective work and, and a uh, crime scene <laughs> investigation and stuff like that. Um, so that's always been really interesting to me. And that's why I decided to earn my degree in that. But I mean, it's so, it's so crazy how, yeah, well, not in Nashville, though. In Nashville, somebody says mm-hmm. you're a musician, and you kind of get a funny look sometimes, like, from, from the locals, at <laughs> least, because everybody's a musician. But then the tourists are always like, oh, my gosh, you're a musician? Are you famous? I mean, like, do you have songs on Spotify? And, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, and next year, we're actually playing on mo- moving to Nashville. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, we, we fit, you know, we, our dream place was always to move to Jacksonville, Florida. And it was, and we go down there at Jacksonville a lot. And it's like, we're, tr- you know, I try to create connections down there for the last few years and just nothing. And, right. and all of a sudden I was telling Sandy, I'm like, well, you know, maybe God has a different plan for us because I'm sitting here, I'm trying to push all these connections in Jacksonville. It ain't happening yet. We got all these connections mm-hmm. in Nashville Without even yeah. trying. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I'm like, <laughs> so we kind of, and then when you look at, okay, our kids, you know, we've, we've got an eight-year-old and a 15-month-old, which would be a better place for them? I think Nashville, because there, there's so much opportunity. What what if one of them can, can sing? What if one of them can act? What if one, you know, it'd be better, Nashville would be a better place than Jacksonville over because of all that too. Well, honestly, and Nashville just in general is a great place. Like now I will say Broadway, definitely not a place for kids. Um, just because there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. riffraff that happens oh, down there. Um, so I, do, yeah. I find it, I, I find it funny when, when families bring their kids to, to Nashville and they, they take mm-hmm. them down Broadway. I always uh-huh. tell to myself, I'm, I'm like, Oh man, they have no idea what they're in for. They're not going to be allowed into any of these bars. They're just going to be walking around and they're going to see, you know, Crazy people on the street, not the place. But there is so much outside of Broadway for families. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like yeah. I, when I eventually start a family, like, I'm not leaving Nashville. This is, this is my place. <laughs> and, and see, we already know what church we, we plan on going to, Cross Point Church up there. Yeah. I, so I went to Cross Point when I first moved up here um, for a little bit, and then I started going to a church. It's called Ethos, and it's actually, huh. weirdly enough, it's in a bar. Um, and I know that sounds so <laughs> crazy, but 
there's they empty it's called um cannery row and they empty it out every sunday morning and put all the chairs mm-hmm. in and it's um it's a younger crowd oh, wow. it's definitely it's more yeah. um everybody who goes there is in their 20s and 30s um and the pastor's fairly young but i have loved yeah. going to church there but now um because of the pandemic they shut down or they've been doing online services um yeah. and my yeah. parents went to a church in Mount Juliet, and so I kind of started going there because they were still having services. And anyway, yeah. long story short, I ended up uh, becoming a part of the worship team there. So now oh, I go wow. there. <laughs> <laughs> that is really awesome. Wow. Yeah, I love it. when Don't you love it when God just works things out? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I got two more questions for you, and then we'll let you get back to what you, were doing, what you need to do today. Um, let's say you had a friend. And let's say you heard him sing, him or her. It could be either one. And let's and this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. But let's say okay. the friend has you. They have something special. You you see it in them. And let's say that they've played maybe twenty shows. So they're so they're still getting their feet wet on that front. But they've gotten on a stage, and they <clears throat> and they got what every artist says that stage bug where the crowd is cheering and roaring, and they just know they're in the right place. They come to you and they say, Jess, I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? So if they were brand new and this is something that they just started doing, honestly, I would say that it's going to suck for a little bit. It's going to be rough because there's going to be, especially (laughs) in Nashville, and I'm just assuming that they're in Nashville because that's where I am and that's where all my friends are. Um, (laughs) Nashville has a lot of talent, and it, it does get discouraging sometimes when you, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a song. This, this happened to me the first time that I actually played in Nashville. I played at Commodore Grill, and I was with two mm-hmm. amazing artists. I was newer on guitar, and I was just like, I was new to Nashville, and these, these artists have been living in Nashville for years and been doing the Nashville thing, you know, for years. Yeah. And so they would play, and then it would come to me, and I'm like, I'm not as good as them. Like, what am I doing here? And there, there oh, are times wow. in that process when I'm like, I just, like, I'm not as good as them. And how, if they're not famous yet, then I don't have a chance. And, and that, that did go through my mind for a couple months, especially when I first moved up here. I'm like, is this the right decision? Mm-hmm. Like, did I, did I move up here for nothing? But then it's just, you have to focus on how you feel on that stage. Yeah. Because if you show your passion, yeah. if people can see that you love what you do and you're putting your all mm-hmm. into it, they're going to see that and they're going to want to buy your music and they're going to want to hear more and they're going to want to want to like hear the songs that you're writing. So I would say like, Mm -hmm. honestly, it's going to be discouraging at times, but if you give it your all, if you give it 100% every time that you're on that stage, you're going to notice that you're going to feel it. And you're going to, you're going to see that like, and eventually if, if this is like God's plan for your life, somebody else will see it too. And it's, it's all about timing. (laughs) I love that. Um, so as we come down to the closing here, um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask you, kind of never do? Hmm. Well, y'all have done an amazing job of uh, of interviewing. Oh, we'd love to hear that. Yeah, yeah I mean, love to honestly, hear it. it's, it's, I, I love, I always, I mean, when we did the interview last time, um, I actually, I think that I recorded it on my mm-hmm. iPad because I was like, so excited to do this this hour-long interview because usually hosts 
like, or when they do an interview, it's usually like 15 minutes, they play a song and then they move on to the next person. And sometimes the questions yeah. are like really, they're basic. They, it's what everybody asks. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I guess, um, man, I, I just, I love personal questions um, because music is, you know, everybody loves to, to see your music. And, but I think one thing, that about like Instagram nowadays and about social media is yes, people want to see, like they follow artists to see their music and everything, but they also want to know they about want their personal. Like, social lives. Exactly. They want to know about yep. their personal lives. They want to know about their social mm-hmm. lives. And, and um, honestly, like, I don't, I don't think there's anything that you guys didn't ask. Like it's, you guys well, got into good. the personal things. You guys got into, you know, the, the business side, the music side. Like I honestly, I wouldn't change anything about the show at all. <laughs> Well, we appreciate that because when, oh, we really when we first launched the show, I was like, how can we be different out there? Because, you know, because, you you know, one one thing I was looking – and I granted, being a married couple doing the show together, that kind of makes us different because right? I don't know anybody else that's doing that. And there might be a couple out there, but it's very slim. Um, I wanted to be more different than that, and I wanted some uniqueness. And I was, as I listened to a lot of podcasts, I'm like, I know where we're going. We're going to give enough time because, like you said, most shows are 15 minutes, and then if you play a song in that, you're really only getting 10 minutes to talk. Right. Uh, and there's just not enough time to dig into the story. I was like, we're going to give 60-plus minutes to, to the end because, because, again, big artists, they have platforms for that. Independent artists, they don't. Like We're going to be that right. platform where we can let them tell their story. Absolutely. And and that's what we've tried to do here, and and you know, now we come to the point where you can tell everybody how they can um, reach out to you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, everything on social media is just Taylor Music. So my website is justtaylormusic.com. <laughs> um, my Instagram is just Taylor Music. Mm. Um, Spotify just Taylor. Um, mm. Yeah, but on my website, which is justtaylormusic.com. I literally have all of my social media links. I have my bio. I have um, actually, mm-hmm. thank you for reminding me. I do have to update um, and put my new single on there because it came out today. That is awesome. Yeah, so I need to put that on there. What a great um, day to interview but, you, right? I know, and it actually, I, I was so sad. So um, the listeners probably don't know this, but we have this interview scheduled on Monday, and I got called into doing work, and there was just, there's a lot going on, so I had to um, I had to reschedule, but it actually worked out perfectly because my single came out today. <laughs> yeah, so, so great so timing. So meant to be. Yeah. yeah. We look forward to having you back down the road as you grow because we definitely know that you're going to be one of the people to watch, that's for sure. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And as we end here, you know, we look forward to, like I said, talking to you later, and you have a blessed day. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for having me on. All right. We'll talk oh, to you thank soon. you. Bye. Bye.